Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is June 13th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block and we're going to begin the Savior's journey into Gethsemane. Now this week we're not in Matthew chapter 26, which also gives us an account of Gethsemane, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the scriptures in Matthew 26 that teach us about Gethsemane, because there are just a few things here that we don't see other places. For example, in Matthew 26, verse 36, it says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. Now, Luke and John don't give us the name of the garden, and the name Gethsemane is extremely significant. The name Gethsemane in Aramaic means olive press. Most likely it got its name because it was indeed a garden, most likely a grove of olive trees. And there was probably an olive press there in that garden. So the garden was named Gethsemane, probably for practical reasons. But the name Gethsemane or the name olive press is particularly significant when we think about the events that happened in Gethsemane. When we think about the pressure or the weight that the Savior was under. We get olive oil by pressing an olive with so much pressure that eventually oil comes out. The Savior was under so much pressure in the Garden of Gethsemane that he bled from every pore. That significance of Gethsemane being called an olive press is so important when we think about the atonement of Jesus Christ and what took place beginning there in Gethsemane. Listen to how President Nelson taught the significance of this symbolism. He says, Jesus was accorded titles of unique significance. One was the Messiah, which in Hebrew means anointed. The other was the Christ, which in the Greek language means anointed as well. In his day and now in ours, the ordinance of administration to the sick includes anointing with the consecrated oil of the olive. When this ordinance is performed, remember what the original consecration cost. Remember what it meant to all who lived and all who would yet live. Remember the power of healing, soothing, and ministering to those in need. Remember the body of the olive, which was pressed for the oil that gave light. So the Savior was pressed. From every pore oozed the lifeblood of our Redeemer. Throughout the days of your life, when your cup of gladness runs over, remember his cup of bitterness made it possible. And when sore trials come upon you, remember his torturing trial at Gethsemane. Gethsemane is also of particular importance to us because as Latter-day Saints, we believe that the atonement of Jesus Christ began in Gethsemane. So many other mainstream Christians believe that the atonement of Jesus Christ is something that happened only on the cross, but we believe it began in Gethsemane, continued throughout the torture and the beatings and the things that Christ went through that day continued on the cross and then didn't end until the resurrection of Jesus Christ at the garden tomb. But since the atonement began in the garden of Gethsemane, I wanted to talk for just a second about the meaning of the word atonement. In English, we see three separate words making up that word at one the ability to be at one with our father in heaven again. Other languages... The word atonement means reconciliation, which means to sit again with. So this idea of just coming back together with God, to sit again with him. But we also see a lot of meaning with the word atonement in some of the Middle Eastern languages. 
In Hebrew, the word kafar means to cover or to forgive. Remember, that was particularly significant because with Noah and the ark, remember, he was supposed to cover the ark with pitch. And it was that same word kafar. And they did that so that nothing could enter in or nothing could pull the ark down or bring the ark down. And how the atonement of Jesus Christ can literally cover us to keep us safe, to protect us from outside influences, and to keep us afloat in such a difficult world that seeks to bring us down. But my favorite word is the Arabic word for atonement, which is kafat, which means a close embrace. Truly, the atonement of Jesus Christ is a beautiful, beautiful embrace. Nephi talks about being encircled in the arms of Christ's love. And so truly, the atonement of Jesus Christ can wrap us in that warm embrace and we can fill the Savior's love, all of which began in Gethsemane. Now, there's another detail here in Matthew that we don't see in Luke and John. And that says they come to Gethsemane and Christ says to his disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Now, I think it's really significant that we recognize what the Savior did here. Remember, Judas is gone. He's not with them at this point. So we have the Savior entering Gethsemane with his 11 apostles. Now, why is this significant? Why is it significant to know that he left most of them and invited Peter, James, and John to come closer and to have a closer experience with the atonement. Now, this is a little bit of my speculation here, but let's keep these numbers in mind. If there were 11 of them, that means the Savior left eight behind a little bit farther back in Gethsemane, and he brought three forward a little bit closer in Gethsemane to have a closer experience with what was going to happen. Now, my friends, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Two of the most significant things that have ever happened on this earth are the atonement of Jesus Christ, what happened here in Gethsemane, followed by the cross and the eventual resurrection. But one of the other most significant events in the history of the earth is the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we believe that the Book of Mormon is one of the greatest evidences of that restoration. And with the Book of Mormon, we have the testimony of 11 witnesses. Eight witnesses who had a testimony and an experience a little more detached, and then three up-close personal witnesses to the Book of Mormon and to the gold plates. I don't think it's insignificant, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we see the same numbers in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see the Savior take all 11 apostles to the Garden. He leaves eight of them farther back so that they also have a testimony of what happened there at the Garden, but it's a little less personal, a little less close. And then he brings three apostles closer to have a closer, more personal witness of what was going to happen. Eleven witnesses in the Garden of Gethsemane and eleven witnesses to the Book of Mormon. I don't think it's a coincidence, and I think it's really, really neat that we see those numbers here. My friends, as we finish speaking about Gethsemane and the things that happened there throughout this week, let's keep in mind what the Savior has done for us and what the Garden of Gethsemane means to each of us individually. In 2021, President Oaks gave a talk called What Has Our Savior Done For Us? In that talk, he recalls a story about meeting a woman. He says, Many years ago, I met a woman who said her friends had asked her to come back to the church after many years of inactivity, but she could not think of any reason why she should. To encourage her, I said, 
When you consider all of the things the Savior has done for you, you may have reasons to come back and worship and serve Him. I was astonished when she replied, What's He done for me? My friends, this week as we talk about Gethsemane, we are going to talk about what the Savior has done for you and I and what it means for us that He was willing to do this. We know that the cup was bitter. We know that the agony was excruciating, but we know that it was the love that he had for us that carried him through the garden, through the courts, through the streets of Jerusalem, carried him through the burden of the cross. And as we study for the rest of this week and talk about the atonement of Jesus Christ, I invite you to consider what has the Savior done for you and what does it mean to you? that he was willing to do it. It is my testimony that our Savior Jesus Christ lives and that everything that he went through and everything that he did, he did because he loves us and because he has a vision of who we can become with the help of his great atonement. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. It is in him and through him and because of him that we can have life abundantly and life eternal. And I testify of him and his great love for you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.